Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. My name is John Markar and I'm sat in the room with uh, a usual voice that you're used to hearing. I'm sure. Hello, how you doing? I'm very good. How are you? Cool, I'm good. Good. And a voice that you've heard referenced but possibly haven't heard physically from before, and that is the voice of Amber Young. Hello, Amber Young. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> Hello. So uh, if you are one of our regular listeners and you've been listening to our episodes in chronological order, you might have heard at the beginning of this week, as we, as we do every Monday morning, put out a new episode this week with James Wood. I did tease right at the very beginning of that episode that there'd be something a little bit special coming later on in the week. Now, again, listening in real time, it's the Christmas week. So you may be in that weird time where you don't know what day it is. You're drinking beer at nine in the morning. There's leftover wine. You don't know what time it is. Doesn't matter. Crack on with it. So we thought we'd bring you some extra content this week, which we decided to record as a bit of an experiment. And then we've decided actually... Let's put them out because people may enjoy listening to them. So forgive us because I know when I was recording one of these episodes, it suddenly started to feel a little bit self-indulgent, but I, I think we can get away with it. Now, let's focus back on that new voice, Amber. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> all the accents are going to come out. I pre warn all of you. <laughs> I can't control it. It just That's comes okay. out. That's okay. <laughs> so Amber, for, for you, dear listeners, to explain, Amber has been one of our... Uh, content producers for the radio show that we had on Talk Radio, then on Talk Sport. Amber's also been an amazing producer for our podcast, helping book guests. 
um, helping events like Goodwood, the live events that we run around for things like the Sounds of Revival, the Sounds of Festival of Speed, um, the, the frantic action that happens in the background beyond what you're hearing on the microphone is often Amber politely tugging on the race suits of uh, drivers <laughs> going, hi, want to come and talk to us, uh, which, is, which is extremely helpful. The one thing you haven't heard, though, really, is Amber's voice, other than a couple of um, you know, brief bits where you've been in the studio going, oh, and Amber's here, and you hear this little, hello, in the background. Far, far in the distance. Yeah. But Amber had an idea, and uh, I decided we'd explore the idea, and the idea being that there should be a bit of a getting to know the hosts opportunity, and that opportunity being Amber, who's used to writing and producing interviews for guests and coming up with questions and doing research, decided that she wanted to know more about the hosts of the Driven Chat podcast. Exactly that. So um, you guys under pressure or anything. I, know. <laughs> I like to delve. Yeah. <laughs> so so do pardon the the perhaps slight self-indulgence of this dear listener, but we decided to go with it. And um, for the next two episodes, you are going to be led by Amber uh, for the first time. And she's going to be interviewing Amy Shaw in this episode. And in the next episode, which is maybe going to be tomorrow, maybe the day after, but it doesn't matter because it's that weird time between Christmas where episodes will just appear. Uh, there will be one with me where we go into a deep dive of how we've ended up doing this very bizarre job amongst the many other jobs that we have like Amy as an amazing photographer and me whatever I do Amber and I get quite deep in our conversation we talk about you know happiness and mm. well the way that people think and yeah not That's just quite philosophical it did it? get quite philosophical yeah, yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> we, a few book recommendations in there as well <laughs> That's brilliant yeah. Yeah, I think the amazing thing is, this, for the first time ever, I'm doing an intro of a podcast that I've not listened to. Of course. Because usually I'd either list, I'd either be present in the podcast for the recording, or I'd be involved in the edit. I have no idea. I haven't edited this one yet. There we go. So they, those of you <laughs> that always think, I love listening to these two, but tell me more. You know, mm. the ins and outs, the dark, dark secrets. <laughs> I kid. We, we didn't go into that. We didn't go that far. That can be episode two. <laughs> Maybe yeah. in the future, yes. Yeah. There's a follow-up episode, guys. Keep listening. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is going to be the first of those two. Getting to know your hosts, the Amy Shaw version, hosted by Amber Young. Hello there. How exciting. Thank you. Uh, let's dive into this. Enjoy. I'm going to be listening to this for the first time, whilst you're listening to this for the first time. So uh, let's all enjoy together. And then in a day or two... Apologies in advance, it's my turn. And you'll hear from me. Just... It's great, guys. Oh. And girls. It's great. It's <laughs> <laughs> very kind. Uh, season's greetings to you, if you are listening to this in, in real time. Uh, otherwise, in the future, ignore that. It's summer. Enjoy. Hooray. Uh, and be young and Amy Shaw. Fire away. Hello, Amy Shaw. <laughs> Hello, Amber. <laughs> it's very strange to be on this side of the microphone. <laughs> to be honest, same. <laughs> but I kind of like it. So just as a recap, I suppose, again, it's going to be a little bit of a different chat for you today, listener, but it's really finding out the bare bones of the story behind Amy Shaw. Oof. How did she do it? How did she get there? That sounds far more glamorous than it actually feels. <laughs> oh, you are glamorous. <laughs> Embrace it. As I sit here in dungarees and I've just come in from the rain and my hair's all wet. I look like a drowned you, rat you in dungarees. Good. You look good. You make it look 
like it should be in style right now. To okay, honest, cool. This is so good. Fine. Okay, fine. <laughs> to be honest, I look like a drama rat this morning. So we're good, we're good. But again, just to remind, if you're looking to reignite your passion, if you're looking to find that sense of self again, as it were, not to sound at all cringy or anything. However, if you can relate to any of this, hopefully this conversation to come will do a little something for you. So let's start with you, Amy. How are you today? I am very well, thank you. Uh, I've, I've gone to go and finish up some last Christmas presents and uh, it's quite nice at the minute. I've got a few, I've, I've not got any shoots in this kind of time of the year, which is really nice for me. So I get to yeah. slow down and actually, I was going to say sleep more, but I don't sleep anymore because I have another workshop that I that I physically sort with my uh, with my other half. So yeah, does, yeah, I don't get much more sleep, but I do get to relax a bit and I don't have to travel around the country world with shoots and things. So yeah, yeah today is nice. It's, you know, it's Christmas Eve, Eve as we record this. And, it is. Uh, yeah, so I'm now in the in the Christmas mode and presents nearly done and wine will be drunk and Good. turkey will be eaten. And again, <laughs> sleep. Who needs it? <laughs> Who needs it? I now do. we drink through. <laughs> Not condoning that to anyone, no. by the way. <laughs> But that sounds delightful, to be honest. And I suppose just to give a little bit of background, if this is the first time you're hearing Amy Shaw's voice, where the hell have you been, for a start? But just in case this is your first bonus listen, let's call it, Amy, what would you say you do and how would you describe yourself? Okay, I would say that I'm an automotive and lifestyle photographer um, and sideline workshop, Jaguar workshop owner, founder. That's the the basic main two. And then I do some other offshoots of things, like I'm a Nikon ambassador and I've founded a, an automotive photography award and a couple of little things like that on the side. Little. Um, I was really Is proud. Little? Of, <laughs> when, when I have to admit, when I got the Nikon ambassador thing, I was super, super chuffed. So, um, yeah, that, that was, I was really, I've been really proud to be with them for the last few years. So, yeah. um it's uh yes yeah, so I would probably describe myself as mainly a photographer even on the drive here today actually I thought god I've the only job really other than those jobs that you do when you're a teenager the mm-hmm. only job that I've ever done and probably will ever do mm-hmm. is a photographer I was thinking about working for you know if I ever changed jobs and wanted to go and work for an actual company I'd be so bad I'm so yeah. not corporate and it's yeah to go, have to go in, into something like that I would really struggle I think I'd be like oh my goodness there's management and middle management and I have got to go and talk to people if I want a holiday and I, I, I would just, all strange of that transition <laughs> so strange I could probably do the job at hand mm. but I think the being in a corporate world I would really struggle with I just like to yeah work hard and then sleep for a bit and then work really hard and then sleep for a little bit and yeah <laughs> it's a creative life I think yeah. <laughs> yes but do you know what that makes sense and it's quite interesting, actually, to get a perspective from somebody that's really done what they set out to do from the start. So, I mean, to that end, let's go back to the start. Okay. How about? And I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked John first. Cool. What did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> when you were growing up, When I, I was say? growing up. Um, okay, as a child, um, I always knew I was quite good creatively. So I was always, like, my skills were always in art, mm-hmm. for example. And I just thought, cool, I'll be an artist. And yeah. 
and then I learned that apparently artists don't really make any money and I was like oh okay what I'll be a doctor and I then I thought oh wait hang on a minute I have to go to school for loads of years and I'm actually Mm -hmm. not that good at science and I don't particularly enjoy it fair enough I went back to to thinking oh you know maybe this art thing could be quite nice and I suppose you end up falling into what you're naturally good at or love like you just Mm -hmm. you know I've I've always loved anything creative Um, yeah so while I was at um, school, while I was at, yeah, doing my GTSEs, um, you know, I didn't know whether to do... I was, I was quite musical as well, so I thought I'd end okay. up in music. Um, again, two kind of avenues, music and art, that you think, oh, I'm never going to be able to find a job doing this realistically. But now as a grown-up... Anything can happen. On any, anything. <laughs> and you end up finding your little niche. And I suppose something about art as well. Like as a, even as a, as a teenager, you know, our art teachers would mm. say... They, they, they wouldn't ever talk about how funding was being cut or whatever but we were really close to, especially as teenagers we were quite close to our, our art teacher yeah. and we're in a class of seven and basically she was saying you know it's it's pretty tough because we're probably the lowest paid in the school and mm. also there's the lowest funding for the arts and design kind of anywhere and yeah. um they were like she, but then she, she quite rightly said you know if you look around you everything you see and touch and experience has mm. been designed it's been a, something creative from you know even engineering is is an element of design or the the iphone that you hold in your hand or the yeah. you know the, the the interior design that you're sitting inside of every everything you you are using on a daily basis car design in, in my case now mm-hmm. um has been formed from an art and i just thought you know what yeah. That's so true. So it's quite that, profound, really, in yeah. a in a sense. Yes, it's not something that you automatically start to think about, is it? You you have to be almost reminded. Yeah, that actually, everything has been designed and created from somebody's brain. Yep. at some point, and you know, you could do that. Yes, exactly. And so that was a real encouragement for me as a a teenager, I guess, to think, actually, no, I could probably go into some form of art or design. or I I just knew I liked creating something. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I just kind of followed my love. And I just thought, well, at some point, I'll figure out a job that I'll end up being able to do. And I suppose as a kid as well, you never really think about, you you don't know all of the jobs that you could possibly do in the world. And it's not until you're in it, then you meet these people that do these little strange jobs or niche jobs. And you just kind of look, your mum and dad and go huh, okay so I can be either that or that or you know my mates mum and dad they do this and this so maybe mm-hmm. I could do that or whatever so you don't really understand the scope of the jobs you can do until you're much older yeah absolutely and by then you've always already had to have chosen what you want to do in life which is super yeah. tough so the only thing I would say to anybody any younger listeners especially or people who have got younger kids like absolutely encourage what they enjoy and what mm-hmm. they really you know, makes them want to go to school or to college or whatever because they will end up finding a job in that area regardless, basically. So, um, yeah, so yeah, so I've gone off on a tangent there. Um, I wanted to be... Carry on on the tangents. (laughs) I love them. (laughs) This is good. (laughs) So basically, by by that point, I just thought, you know what I'd really love to do? I'd love to be able to travel the world and take pictures. And I thought, and I've, I've spoken about this a few times to different people. And basically, I just thought the only way you could do that realistically mm-hmm. was to be like a National Geographic photographer where... And I was reading I was reading like an article about a National Geographic t- photographer. Yeah. And it, it was like they had to sit in a bush for three months waiting for this bird. Yeah. And I was like, wow. 
No, <laughs> that's not for me. <laughs> Don't fancy being David Attenborough. No, no. I mean, nobody, nobody could be a David Attenborough. Well, this is true. I mean, I take that back. <laughs> but it, it, that was the point. I just thought, you know, I'll just carry on with this art thing and I'll just yeah. see where it takes me. And I'll just do photography as a hobby because mm-hmm. I saw that my dad did photography as a hobby. And I thought, okay, okay that's something I can just enjoy. And, you know, you're, you're meant to have... Um, three passions one that makes you money one that keeps you fit and one to help you relax I think it is Mm -hmm. and I just thought that could be the one that helps me relax and I just have a nice time okay so um yeah went to university um studying well first I went to did a fine art uh, fine art I thought I was going to go and do a fine art course yeah and I did a art foundation first for a year and that kind of gives you a little scope at a lot of different things well the course that I did gave me a scope of lots of different things from everywhere from photography to uh, ceramics metal smithing Lots wow. and lots of different things. And then I went into a degree, basically doing the exact same thing. So yeah. doing all of these little things. And so I thought I would end up having an idea of how each material worked from textiles, glass, ceramics, as I said, photography. Yeah. Um, although photography actually wasn't one of them. <laughs> so, But it was, all, it was all physical craft things. Yeah. And I thought I would end up going into some form of homeware design. Because I, okay. I, I love homeware design. I think it's, you know, anything interior designy and... Yeah. Um, you know, this I'm, day and age, you make a killing from oh, that as well. Absolutely. And I just, you know, I, I found it all quite inspirational. You'd, I love the process from starting with something very little. Like, okay, I've got a hair, hair slide, literally, a little hair grip in my hand right now. It's got one flat edge and then it curls over as a, as a hairpin and then you've got your little ridge top. And I thought, okay, so if you can take something as simple as this and then create, use that as an inspiration to create, I don't know, um... Uh, kitchenware for example and you just think mm-hmm. okay how can I use that inspiration to create different cool bowls plates you know some, something like that and I just quite yeah. liked that process um and it wasn't until I kind of got to the end of my university and I was a silversmith and ended up being becoming a silversmith wow. metalsmith I know yeah doing like jewelry design more than anything I thought okay yeah. cool I quite I'm quite enjoying jewelry design I'm a magpie so yes and I was like okay cool um but then to be honest I I had quite a bad accident when I was in my second year of uni Mm -hmm. um, on a polishing wheel and that kind of knocked my confidence I thought oh I'm not too keen on all these big machines (laughs) and so yeah yeah, like third degree friction burns and a couple of operations later and I just thought oh it really put me off (laughs) so in that that time I just kind of I I didn't necessarily take more pictures but I just thought well I don't know what I might not go into this after uni I don't really know what I'm gonna do Mm -hmm. um my dad was always interested in classic cars and Mm -hmm. motorcycles and he for quite a few years was his own boss um doing spray painting of uh, helmets and tanks and mud guards and things like yeah. that and um yeah I just thought okay may- maybe I'll learn from him and I'll end up doing something along those lines yeah. and I kind of always thought I'd be freelance I mean I've also been fired twice in my life of actual jobs I think everybody has at some point and if you say you haven't you're lying <laughs> you were <laughs> don't lie to me <laughs> you decided that you wanted to leave otherwise yes. that was it that choice was always there <laughs> yeah. in the brain you just made it quicker delayed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's fine. so yes then that, that was the point I thought you know maybe I should just try this freelance thing out so mm-hmm. yeah I graduated and at the uh, there's some weird turn of events like I while I was at uni I was working in an art, an art gallery and mm-hmm. um one of the artists that came in used to be my piano teacher as a 10 year old yeah. husband Gosh. and then he was like hey you you know used to come to our house and have piano lessons I was like oh hi how's it going and then he said 
you know, we get, got chatting and he was like, hey, do you want to uh, try and designing some books for me? And I thought, oh, no, wow. Some form of graphic design. I thought, I've never done this before. I'll give it a go. Yeah. Anyway, I ended up doing this while I was at university. And I thought, this is great. I quite enjoy doing yeah, this in, in awesome. my part time. I was earning more money than I was at the, uh, the, the gallery with. Mm-hmm. And then so I kind of like graduated and started doing this book design. Yeah. And then... Um, at the same time, I you know I spent the last of my student loan on on my mini, yeah. Um, and then uh, I had a, I bought myself a nice computer, and I bought myself very last bit of money. I bought myself my first proper camera, which was Amazing. a Nikon D six hundred. Yeah. Um, and for photography nerds, that's like a like a baseline. It's called a full frame camera. It's 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 like a when you get into full frame cameras, you get more to the professional level. So it was mm-hmm. like the, the the baseline of professional level. And I thought, okay, yeah, let's see how this goes because I'll probably end up doing something like weddings and stuff, which is what what I was doing at the time. I was doing mm-hmm. maybe you know, four weddings a year tops. Gosh, and then yeah. yeah, so I graduated May 2013. Yep. And then I was doing the book design. Um, I was doing a couple of weddings, and then by uh, probably August 2013. Mm-hmm. Friends of my dad's asked him initially if they if he could photograph this car called a Ferrari P4. Mm-hmm. And it's a replica. It's one that they had built. And so they were just super proud of everything they've engineered and created. And they said, we just yeah. want to be able to show people, we want to be able to show people what we can do. Mm-hmm. So my dad was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I've not got that great camera gear. I think you should ask Amy. She's, you know, she's just got this new camera and she's quite, she, she loves the photography. Uh, yeah. You know, let's, let's get her to do it. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, I photographed this this P4 and just I had no idea what I was doing. The night before, I googled mm-hmm. how to be a car photographer. Literally, Amazing. how what, what how how do I take pictures of cars? Yeah. And I saw loads of Photoshop and flash guns and mm. I just thought I don't have any of that kit. I don't know what I'm doing with it even if I had it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I'm self-taught. I've learned everything to do with photography primarily other than things in a dark room that you do at uni because that's apparently how you learn to be a photographer yeah um yeah. everything I just was self-taught so I rocked up in this shoot photographed this car like I'd photograph um a wedding couple mm-hmm. and the same kind of settings natural light it was really good talking to yeah having just a really lovely day basically yeah um the way I edited them afterwards was more in a way I thought I was supposed to edit car pictures okay and that's probably the only shoot in my life I've ever edited like that everything f- since then I've just edited how I would do it as a yeah. as a wedding photographer and um now as I as I do now so mm-hmm. um yeah basically that was that. August 2013 yeah. and then September um I uh, sorry, August I also photographed an amazing wedding which got picked up by lots of wedding blogs yeah and then September I went to the Goodwood Revival with my dad for that was probably the second or third time we'd been I photographed that event mm-hmm. just because I liked it as it's an atmosphere great. and it's great <laughs> I was a punter I had your whatever it was 60 quid ticket on the Saturday because that's all we could afford to go down for mm-hmm. in the time um and then I think we had to drive like an hour because we stayed really far away. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah, just had a great time. Uh, and then those photographs I sent to Goodwood via a Facebook message. Amazing. And then by fluke, three months later or something, I got a reply back being like, oh, hey, we've just seen these. Do you want uh, to come and photograph our new event we've got in March called the members meeting? Wow, and I was yeah. like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I actually missed that yeah. phone call first. And... I heard it as a voice message, and I was, and but the number was a withheld number, so I couldn't ring yeah. back. And I was like, "Oh my, please!" It's that initial fear as well when you get a withheld number call. <laughs> yeah, well, this thing, I don't, even now I don't really answer my phone unless I know who it is, unless it's been an agreed phone call. Mm-hmm. I don't, or you know, I, I don't answer my phone. I just they will I, leave a voicemail. Yeah, if, if it's important, they'll leave a voicemail. <laughs> 
or they'll leave me an email in which case it's all written down I can think about it I can um, make because a lot of time people on the phone will say oh can you quote me for this and in my head I'm like I want to have a full information written down of what the timings that you want me what you want from me where you want the pictures going to yes I could ask this over the phone but really I I don't want to pause and go how much do I want to do this is that me yeah I don't want to you know you want to come back with an answer so yeah Yeah. I'm an email person so um so anyone that wants to contact Amy Shaw email (laughs) email. (laughs) and then I will also just give it straight to my PA Sarah because I'm like help me (laughs) thank you Sarah thank you Sarah um so yeah so I'm um I'm just talking at you I'm sorry I'm rambling um chat away but I'm enjoying this okay good (laughs) so basically these three events the the P4 this wedding and Mm -hmm. the um revival all in the space of kind of six weeks really between each other kick-started my career as a photographer so I'm still doing the book design at this time just to kind of tick things over but after those three events um a website in America called Petrolicious picked up my mm-hmm. um, my images and they're like, hey, do you want to photograph some cars in the UK for us? And I thought, I don't know anything, anything about classic cars, but mm-hmm. yeah, go on then. Yeah, just um, taking it as it comes. Yep. Loads of weddings, uh, inquiries came in from that wedding and then mm-hmm. Goodwood started off me with the with, with the events. Yeah. Um, and I was off, really. I'm still living with my mum and dad. So yeah. I was a poor graduate turned poor freelancer. Um, yeah. So nothing really changed in my home life. Um, and I'm very, very thankful to my parents for that because, like, my mum charged me something like twenty quid a week for yeah to, for, for board because she yeah. she could see I was working hard and not That's earning it. much money. Grafting. So. That's it. Yeah, and it's just having this people support you around you, and yeah, it definitely means a lot because it gives you that sudden freedom because you just thought, well, mm-hmm. in my case, I thought I've, I've got nothing to lose. Really, it's not like I, have, you know, if I was trying to do if I was to try and change career now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, even starting, so my other half and I started this workshop uh, yeah. just over a year ago. And when we did that, we looked at our finances because we thought, okay, you're going to now have to leave your job that's, you know, paid enough. Yeah. And we're going to have to go down to my wage alone. Can we afford that? If it all goes wrong, mm-hmm. will you be able to get another job somewhere? If you do, you know, what, what basically it's a full finance yeah. talk. And, you um, lay everything out, don't you? Yeah. It's that sort of, right, stability worst case scenario yep and then you think okay how long will will we try for um Mm -hmm. before we have to think okay it's not going to work and we'll close that down again and Mm -hmm. because that's also an element of um a failure i suppose you think okay that means i will have failed and you've got to think stuff no it's not failed because Mm -hmm. the amount of people that don't even try is exactly that exactly that i mean when we think of failure it's i think you just nailed it on the head it's if if you don't give it a go in the first place Mm. How can you fail? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And if you give it a go and actually, okay, fair enough, it doesn't quite go to plan. doesn't mean it's the end of it. It just means that particular occasion <laughs> didn't quite work out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would much rather, especially when it comes down to this work, I was mm-hmm. I was very lucky with the photography side of, mm-hmm. um, I touch wood, so, so far, have not failed. I still might, and I'm still very aware of that. And um, yeah, so being able to have my parents with me, when you know, around mm-hmm. me when I was, God, what, I would have been 22, something like that, really yeah, young. Yeah. Um, 
that was that meant a lot to me because you know sometimes I'd come back from a wedding that I'd shot that day and yeah. you know you get there the bride wants you there for eight in the morning you don't leave till it's 10 intense. 11 and it's <laughs> an hour and a half two hour drive and you just think I've had like a 20 hour day here mm-hmm. and then I get back and my mum's left me a, a hot water bottle in the bed yeah it's the small <laughs> things <laughs> just things like that never take those for granted no don't so yeah that absolutely meant a lot and then again Amazing. my dad helped me with my classic car thing so I, I would say to him dad I've been told by this petrolicious people, mm. I've got to find, for example, a Series 1 Land Rover. And I was like, I don't know what a Series 1 Land Rover looks like. I genu- I could not tell you the difference back then between the, a Series 1, Series 2, Defender, um, Range Rovers. I just didn't, yeah. they were the big Land Rover, Range Rover. I was like, are they the same company? I don't quite understand, yeah. et cetera. So I, I just, yeah, so I, my dad was like my, my little fountain of knowledge that I would take him to these Perfect. Like, a 47 car meet and i'll be yeah. like help me find at least like two or three of these cars on this list mm-hmm. and then i would go up to the owners and i'd be like hey um i've got a you know this company in america that i work for they want me to do like a story on you um in your car really mm-hmm. and they were like yeah okay so that's what i'd do i'd, I'd arrange these yeah. these shoots go on these little shoots with these people and then get paid a very little amount. But at the same time, I was like, hey, I'm getting paid some money for doing what I love. And I thought, okay, this is something I can get on board with. Mm -hmm. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so I did the cars and and, um, weddings for two years. I mean, it all, that's quite a short span of time. Yeah. Really, when you think about, you know, it's your career, it's your passion, it's everything that you maybe didn't know initially you wanted to work towards, but actually realised you really enjoyed it it was a passion yeah like I didn't know that the classic car or the cars would be such a passion as they are that's a passion yeah. I found by doing this other passion so mm-hmm. and the other, the other thing about photography is that you need two passions because mm-hmm. um or, or find your second passion because having you know loving the photography side is awesome because yeah. I mean I, I'm an impatient person so I like it's the fact good. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I loved about photography is that you take a picture and it's there you have created within a split second and I liked yeah. that so yeah. But then you've got to think, you know, what, what, okay, what am I going to photograph? Mm-hmm. And whenever I do talks, I say to, to people, I'm like, you, you've got to find your second passion because mm-hmm. that is what you will enjoy photographing. So that's a really good piece of advice, actually, it, because even though it's seemingly obvious <laughs> to know what you <laughs> yeah. want to take photos of, it's something that doesn't automatically spring to mind. Yeah. And I think that's the same for a lot of people. Um, it's, I mean, if I think back to, Years ago, I think I did photography for a year back at school. <laughs> and it was very much uh, you're taught basics, bare minimum of very stationary things. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. And so you don't really have that chance to explore. So yeah, and you kind of also told they've got to, it's got to have more meaning behind it, and mm. you've you know why why is that person in blue? Is it because they're sad? Well, you know how how is it? You know it's in contrast to the the sunny day. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I just c- took a picture because I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just like it. <laughs> I just like this moment. That's it. Yeah. So, um, exactly that. Even in the photography world, you've got such a like a range of. Um, avenues you can go with with photography for example Mm -hmm. like wedding photography is very different to car photography which is Mm -hmm. very different to product photography you know animals what um any anything anything like kind of interior or um landscapes all so different so Mm -hmm. you do have to find that second thing that you absolutely love um yeah and i just found that 
I was like, huh. I mean, I already had my classic mini at the time. So mm. that was my daily runaround because I thought it looked cool. And I was like, hey, I am I not. Mean, a, yeah. but I was, <laughs> it's because I had to try and make myself cooler because I was like, I'm not a cool. I was the like one of the nerds at school. Like, But what does cool even mean? Let's face it. Exactly. It doesn't count for anything. You'd be you. <laughs> and that is cool. Just by doing what you, and I think like the certain elements of cool where mm-hmm. you know you've got a lot of people that are trying to be cool and you know trying to learn to be cool mm. and the minute that you meet anybody regardless of how nerdy that you know that they probably were in school if mm. they are passionate about something and they express yeah. that passion with enthusiasm and love and just want to talk to you about it i find that one of the coolest things you can absolutely have and absolutely any anybody you talk to about their passion you just think that's cool it's cool that you're interested in something i find or thought was daft but at the same time i'm like that's so amazing you find that cool and you're explaining to me why you think it's cool yeah and i'm like yeah that is cool it's <laughs> so, kind of it's the the passion is contagious yeah totally <laughs> absolutely. um so yeah no i got my classic mini because uh i was like that's cool and yeah. i think i want to i want to be that cool <laughs> so, yeah amazing um and so that was the extent of my of my car knowledge basically yeah. um so there was obviously always something that was an interest to me my, mm. my dad used to work for team lotus formula one and then got into classic car restoration in the 90s which in that you know classic cars then were 50s 60s mm-hmm. sports cars that he was restoring and painting and yeah um yes yeah, so it was always kind of around so it wasn't a completely new avenue but yeah um it's yeah. quite interesting that Almost listening to it from this angle, it's almost inadvertently influenced by your dad's yes. creativity and passions himself. Absolutely. But you've kind of developed your own passion on top of that for the, those things. Yes. It's interesting. Like, Do you think that affected you kind of in how far you were going to take that? Um, I mean, I didn't know how far. When I first started the job, I didn't know every every job that I got was suddenly the highlight of my career like yeah. you know I'd never so I was I kept getting all these highlights it just was a total total snowball effect and mm-hmm. so um yeah I just every time I thought you know somebody people some people would say to me what's your your aim what's your goal mm-hmm. and I thought and I still think I have no idea Golden I don't question yeah <laughs> I don't have one I you know yeah. or, or the, the extent of like I, I managed to I managed to do my dream job every single day. Mm-hmm. Technically, obviously, I don't go and shoot every day, but generally, as you yeah. as we said, that is my job. So, I'm already doing my absolute gold. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I rarely go to work thinking, oh, I really don't want to do this. I often think, oh, I don't want to get up this early. That's probably the extent. Yeah. And um, I think we we're all a little bit giddy of that. I think <laughs> a little little bit giddy. Yes. And then I work with people like, oh yeah, let's do a sunrise to sunset shoot in June, and I'm like. In my head, I think I'm definitely not charging enough for this. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's experience, fair. and you learn. You know, you you do you do a, a, a sunrise shoot. We have to wake up at three in the morning because mm-hmm. the sunrise is at half three or four or whatever the time is, and then yeah, yeah you shoot until nine, ten at night, and you think, why the hell have I only charged three hundred and fifty quid for this day or wh- yeah. whatever? So, and you learn, and you end up just this experience that you end up getting Absolutely. better at it. Um, yeah, that's um, why now I've put in an email. I'm like, tell me in an email when you want me to start and finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the details in writing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so. It makes sense. And the thing is as well, for those people maybe thinking, well, do you know what, but, you know, she was maybe influenced by her dad, had those opportunities, etc. But actually, no, you really put yourself out there. You got those opportunities. You spoke to those people. Yeah. And you really yeah. hustled. 
Yeah, I suppose, yeah, I suppose, I suppose so. Um, I think I definitely got that from my again. My parents have always encouraged my brother and I to mm. talk and be be, be talking talking people and to yeah. just make friends. And th- that's how that my mum's always kind of said it. She's like, go make yeah. go make friends with that girl over there. She looks like she's on her own. I'd yeah. be like, okay. And so, There's a reason our parents <laughs> told us this. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I just I'm just interested in people. And I suppose even yeah. though I call myself an automotive photographer, my absolute passion I do think it comes across in my work as well. Mm-hmm. It's people. Like mm-hmm. I love. I would love to follow. I know. Uh, to be honest, I'd love to follow a band or a group of people or a, um, maybe not politician, it'd frustrate me too much, but, you know, <laughs> somebody. I just like the idea of documenting somebody's life and the yeah. little moments as well as the big moments. And Amazing. Like I, I was always inspired by conflict photographers. Um, so photographers like Don McCullen, who's a mm-hmm. very, very famous war photographer. Just, I mean, just because, you know, he was following these these guys on the ground yeah. and you just think wow you had you didn't have time to set lights up you couldn't be like oh could you just do that again it was very raw in that yeah. moment you you just you're documenting and that is it and it was the it still is the documenting of people which i find such a passion with yeah um, amazing yeah no absolutely so if there's anybody out there band wise celebrity wise normal person wise anything who I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna be really nice. Top five. <laughs> Top five. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is tough because because um, oh, you, you 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 think you'd get on with somebody and mm-hmm. then you might get there and you might think you're a plonker. Very <laughs> I true. Don't enjoy Very this. true. Personalities aside, <laughs> yes. You know what? Weirdly, and it's so weird. There's there's certain people that I say I would be intrigued to mm-hmm. to document their lives, it's but in reality, word. I absolutely would not want to. So, for example, Trump, I think uh-huh. would be fascinating to photograph Behind closed doors yeah just mm-hmm. do you know just to follow you see these um i think every every president i don't know if prime ministers in the uk have the same but you know presidents seem to have a photographer that follows them around and get these gets these pictures yeah and i remember looking at like an album of about a hundred photographs that Barack obama's photographer i'm really sorry i can't remember his name um shot of him mm-hmm. and i just thought that's awesome those moments that you've got and yeah. um Another inspiration of mine is a guy called Harry Benson, and he would basically just photograph celebrities. But mm-hmm. like, not sometimes he'd follow them for a bit, and he followed the Beatles for for quite a few years. And yeah. just that, I think, is what I found amazing. What well, you're photographing there, not just their highs of you come to a photo shoot, we're doing a cover shoot here, let's get this one shot or a few shots. You're photographing the lows as well. So there was yeah. a point where. I can't remember what, what it was precisely, but they were they were really sad in their hotel room. And you've got a photograph of um of I think it's Paul McCartney sat. Mm in a chair with a cigarette and like a glass of something in his hand and you, you see that sadness and you just think to be there to photograph and document those moments yeah there's something really pure about that and yeah. that yeah so I haven't answered your question because I actually don't know it's <laughs> not a problem but it's interesting though because it's it's that capturing the emotion as well as the thing in question I oh, suppose the subject yeah, absolutely and I suppose that's what I enjoyed about weddings as well because mm. the weddings of course it's about the bride and groom but then you look at wedding photography and the best wedding photographers will show you know those little or some of you know some of my own favorite photographs were like coming to mind is there was a, a you know a slightly blurred shot of somebody kind of shoving a beer into somebody else's hand because yeah. it's got so much beer going out and I just you know it's that it's not even a shot of any people yeah. it's beer being like crossed over or yeah. and there's a story there <laughs> yeah and I just and you know those little like touches of hands on like smalls of backs and I just think you know those those little moments are absolutely what I look yeah. for and um yeah it's it is always that those little emotive moments um 
Yeah, sorry, I've just gone off on a tangent again. <laughs> again, we love these tangents. Okay, love good. <laughs> but this is, uh, I mean, what springs to mind for me, I suppose, as well, is because that almost intimate relationship has been there when you're crossing passions and hobbies and everything else. Mm-hmm. Do you think that almost brought you closer with your family from that mm. perspective? or Definitely my dad. Yeah. Um, because then I would bring him with me on shoots because yeah. I knew this was his passion. This is a, this, you know, that, this has been a new passion of mine mm-hmm. f- since doing the job. This has been a passion for him yeah. since he was a child. Like yeah. his dad, my grandfather would read him, you know, like <laughs> they read the, I don't even know what the little books are, but each book w- would have like a different car in it or something. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this makes my dad happy. I like making my dad happy. <laughs> so oh. I would bring him on shoots with me. So the, the two best shoots that I probably brought him on with me, other than, like, re- Good re- re- Revival, that yeah. I tried to bring him on every year anyway, yeah. um, was an original uh, Jaguar D-Type shoot, um, a long-nose D-Type, and a, a 250 GTGO Ferrari. Yeah. And um, just the, the joy in his face is yeah. just makes me so happy. So, he, the, yeah, the job is definitely brought me closer to him and also the job taught me that well, got me ended, ending up learning how to ride motorcycles and then yeah. that's now something that he and I do together it was like we go on bike trips together and um I do think my mum gets jealous so I do have to take her away just for a nice time yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like not that's on a bike her. she doesn't particularly like being on the back of a bike so. yeah yeah um but yeah I suppose because I always had a, a younger brother it mm. was always kind of more directed the interest just as you know boys are they like cars and trucks and bikes and things mm. so my brother would be like yeah dad let's go to this I don't know bike race at Mallory over the weekend and yeah. then they'd go I wasn't interested like yeah. at, at that age so yeah to, as a grown-up to get to hang out with my dad a lot is really very very precious to me yeah really special yeah totally so um and especially as you get older and I think you suddenly see your parents as other grown-ups you see yourself as a Mm grown-up and then you see your parents as other grown-ups but also absolutely not grown up at all yeah. like now yeah. I look at like my dad especially I'm like wow you are definitely still a child <laughs> oh god yeah that, that comes out more I think when you're adults almost yeah and you embrace just, it it was the point where you just suddenly think oh wow I'm suddenly here as a grown-up and I've got a house that I pay a mortgage on and then I've got like I don't know I live on my I think sometimes I'm like driving and I'm like huh I'm driving and I live yeah. on my own. I'm a grown-up. Yeah, you kind of reflect back on, wait, how did I learn how to do this? At yeah. what point did I get good at it? Exactly. <laughs> and so when you get to look at your parents and you think, oh, you're you're no different to me. You stop mm-hmm. kind of like looking at them as these magical people that know everything. And suddenly you're like, oh, no, you try the hardest that you can. And I really appreciate everything you've done for me. Yeah. And then every time that every moment I spend with them now both of them I, f- mm. I do find so special because they're somewhat my dad is now 65 and uh, my mum is no 64 65 in, in summer and then my mum's just turned 60 and I think mm. you know what I don't know how long they will be around for it might be for another 20 30 years even mm-hmm. or it might be two um, and I just think okay this is the point now where I suppose I should you should be thinking about this from from day one but it's not really until you are a grown-up and you kind of understand everything a little bit more where you think okay yeah I need to make sure I'm making these moments so yeah with it, when it comes to the the photography and the cars and stuff that's yeah. definitely brought me closer to my my dad um, and in turn closer to my mom because I have to make it fair yeah <laughs> so I take her away because she gets jealous <laughs> absolutely brilliant I mean that's raw truth right there <laughs> she does say to me "Ooh, you know when we go away you know next weekend can you uh can you see if you can borrow a nice car yeah. and then I'm like oh I'll go and <laughs> talk right. to some people see what I can do yeah so, so yeah. it's joy all round 
yes nothing wrong with that exactly yes <laughs> I love that and so I mean moving forward obviously I suppose skipping ahead a little bit your career has really expanded as you mentioned at the start so it's mm. it's not just photography anymore yes it's, it's traveling it's capturing other subjects now I mean anyone that hasn't seen some of Amy's photography or recent projects for example traveling projects etc again where have you been <laughs> but jump on over to am I I'm thinking your Instagram is probably a good place to start but yeah. also if there's a website online that people can jump on to it's crazy Instagram's definitely become the uh, the photographer's portfolio it's yeah. if you want to see somebody's portfolio you, get, you now go to their Instagram yeah. so um yeah I yeah currently. so jump on there and have a look at it but I mean how I suppose to start a what was your first trip that you thought okay this is new this is a tangent what am I doing and how have I done this <laughs> you know where did that God, um, take you I can't think about necessarily you know some of the the first it wouldn't have been trips but some of the first jobs where I thought oh I, I think I feel I'm more of a, of a photographer rather than a photographer of cars mm-hmm. which I do specialize in um I got asked to shoot um a couple of small things for like magazines um of like farmers mm. and I remember trekking through an onion field I got told that I'd be photographing this man's estate and I was like okay cool in my head I thought there'd be like you know a nice manor house nice lawns yeah. no I was literally the, his estate of l- like tree felling and and, and onion fields and I can't remember what other things. I was I was in the wrong kind of shoes, and I was. Yeah. But I just thought I like I, this. Yeah. Is cool. I like this. So what Shrek springs to mind <laughs> when they're trekking through the onion fields. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all were talking like you know you got layers. Yeah, no, we did. We layers. did. The, we did do the the, the Shrek. You did. Uh, we absolutely did. Um, and then uh, yeah, no, I, I photographed things like um, a mattress factory. That was okay. fascinating. Like Gosh. understanding the different feelings of mattresses, watching watching how mattresses are packaged, fascinating. There's a gr- oh. an amazing machine that they go rolling through. Anyway, um, I mean, I love it. I, I'm it, just thinking of those. If it's anything like the, um, you know, those vacuum pack things. It was, you know, what it was a bit like a vacuum pack. It was a vacuum pack, but at the same time going through like a steamroller, oh. vacuum pack steamroller, and it comes at the end and it's basically flat and you can roll it up. Yeah, and it was it was really amazing. Um, Sometimes you focus on the little details, okay? <laughs> People have made programs out of this. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's isn't it how it works or something? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I do love a factory. I've been to a love porridge that. factory a couple of times. Loved that. Apps, the most beautiful factory. Yeah. It looks like. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like, um, I know, directed by Wes Anderson of these pastels, like yeah. pinks and blues and wooden floors that have just got this fine layer of, like, flowery dust oh, over it. it. And, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. But also, super top secret, so I couldn't take very many pictures. <laughs> so, I mean, who knows? I kind of like that at the same time. Yeah. you get to actually look rather than... Yeah, and that is what I find really wonderful about the photography is that you really do see things mm. like you're constantly looking really truly looking for you know these moments and the way that people interact and mm-hmm. I quite li- I like watching how people interact with each other as well so mm-hmm. um you know if I'm at an event such as the revival I am looking for those little moments of love nearly all the yeah. time and um oh yeah I just these little hand holds and I, I, they're one of my favorite things to photograph I'm just like oh look there's some love yeah. <laughs> I'll photograph it and I must say um, one of my favorite photos that I think you took I'm gonna say last year at Revival mm-hmm. and quote me if I'm wrong on that <laughs> do correct me but I think it is from the dance floor yep. and anyone that 
that hasn't been to Revival, jump online right now and have a look. It's amazing. I'm sure you probably have, but in case you haven't. Um, but I think it was from the dance floor and it was just a couple mm-hmm. holding hands, an older couple. And all you could see was the hands from behind mm-hmm. and just almost silhouette. And it was I know just... which bit you're on about. It's the, that was a, I was photographing, I love photographing like dancers at Revival because they're yeah. just amazing. And it was a couple that were just doing the slow dancing together or, you know, not particularly going for, you know, for a real swing kind of dance. Um, and they were an older couple, but everyone around them was really dancing. So there was this one point where the, the couple in the foreground of this old couple, you know, had their hands together above their heads and they made mm-hmm. this arch. And then through the arch of their arms was this couple. And it just happened to work out well. You know, if you, if you spin somebody around, you hold your arm above their head and then they spin under, yeah. under that. And it was that moment. And it was just them having this little quiet moment. And I just thought, yeah, that that's Beautiful. my shot. And yeah. I mean, you, I must have taken, golly, well, mi- mil- literally millions of sh- shots that, and over my career, and there's a few, probably two hundred in my life tops that I love, and then mm. the, I don't know maybe twenty that I adore, and yeah. that was probably one of the top hundred, if not top twenty, just yeah, yeah. of those little moments, gorgeous um, moment, and that's I suppose that's the pinnacle of what you do, and you see those moments, you actually you look for them and you see them. And then the capturing is cherry on top, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I miss a lot of them as well. I miss a hell of a lot. And so then I get annoyed with myself. I'm like, damn it, I'm not on it. And it, most of the time it's because I'm tired. <laughs> I think you need a lot more eyes for that as well. I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. There's things going on all the time. But the, the fact that you capture the things you do and it stirs up certain emotions in people, whether mm. it be of a car, whether it be of people or an event or a place even, mm. There's something magical that you put into your work and I think it is that that passion coming through because people can feel it when mm. they look at something. It's not just a photo, it's it's telling a story of that moment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. Yeah, no, I suppose that's always my, my aim, I guess. And I suppose the the, the other side is um, it's lovely when you get um, hired for a job where you know that's going to be a story and that's the story being talked about or mm-hmm. your images get used to show an event or something. And then you have these passion projects and I've not had a passion project for years and mm-hmm. I think I'm about to do one. I say this now, I don't actually know if I will, but it's yeah. all these uh, kind of like old, usually, I don't think I've ever met an old woman that does it. So it's mainly old men mm-hmm. that have had their workshop for 40 years or something and they're in their 70s 80s 90s and they're still just tinkering away and I just think you know some of these people are fantastic and I just think you know they're completely eccentric Mm -hmm. and 
maybe not all not all the marbles there, but I would love to photograph just those people and with the, these silly like. I know, airplane engines in their living room because mm. their wife left them 30 years ago because of it and it just stayed there since, kind of thing. Yeah. And I just think that's fantastic. <laughs> so, but again, that's just, the thought process there is just lovely. It's, it's so, it's thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the best word for it. Yeah, I, I try, I do try. Um, yeah, so I suppose things like road trips and mm. stuff would probably be my favourite because you, you, you are following a story of that yeah. sense. Um, yeah, Absolutely. it's super hard to photograph road trips where you're on the exterior of the mm. road trip because you're constantly having to try and bunny hop the cars mm-hmm. and you never know if they're going to be five minutes away or if they're an hour away, depending on how quick you've managed to bunny hop them. And so it's easier with technology yeah. now when you've got, you can say, hey, can you put your, your live location on? But yeah. sometimes, you know, people are, might not know how to do that or don't want to. And so you're, you're just guessing a lot of the time. So yeah. that's that can be tough. But no, the, the general following of road trip stories is definitely one of my favourites. Yeah. Um, yeah. So organic. Yeah, yeah. I'll say. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Love that. And so, I mean, taking it back a notch, obviously where it's brought you, with the camera, etc. Even that in itself is is pretty fantastic camera. I have seen Amy Shaw's <laughs> cameras; they're impressive. <laughs> but do you, if you were to kind of take it back a notch, do you ever think you might have gone down a different route of, you know, still using the development in a dark room, or perhaps going entirely um, Polaroid, for example? So. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't do only because mm-hmm. when I first got into photography, my first camera was a it was when I was 16 years old and it was yeah. a Nikon D50, which mm-hmm. you can get literally for about if you can find one on eBay, they're about 80 quid or something like that now. Yeah. Um, and so I never did the and you read apart from when I was learning at, at school, university, I never did the film side of things. Mm-hmm. And I truly admire those that do or did it in period. And mm-hmm. I just think oh my goodness, the the photographs that I now see in period where you've got these cracking car shots or yeah. people shots, I'm like, that, that is, it, it is easy now to get those shots, more, more than anything. So mm. for, just get that on film, I, I totally admire them. Um, so I, I, like personally, I would stick to the, the um, DSLRs and, mm. and mirrorless cameras, so, you know, the modern stuff, but there are definitely people that shoot on older equipment mm. who I totally are my inspiration so yeah. there's a guy oh i can't remember his actual name on instagram he's called lollipop magazine and um, basically okay. uh, he's called joshua something or other i'm really sorry i can't remember he's amazing he takes a an old big you know, one of those big box slide cameras that shoot on glass I yeah think it basically is and he shoots formula one on these things and so you've wow. got one of the fastest sports in the world on a very old piece of kit that you you know um, yeah it's something you've got it's a process you is a slow thing so instead of um you know now people will photograph formula one and they'll have their camera on burst mode and the idea is that you can get 30 shots in a second and he's like oh i've got one like then that's it and i admire that and i think it's wicked and so obviously his work is so much different to anybody else's Mm -hmm. and yeah, I just think that's really, really cool. Um, and so to go against the grain, mm-hmm. like there's a fantastic photograph or photographs of him, you know, with his with his pit lane tabard on, yeah. and all these are the photographers with these massive lenses, and there's him standing there with his big box yeah, camera. Love that. <laughs> and I just think you you are cool because you have yeah. thought to yourself, this is what I want to shoot, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna shoot something else that I enjoy. Yeah. And this is the way I want to do it, and I really like that. So amazing. Yeah. Whenever I got into yeah, car photography as well. Um, you know, I'd look at 
other photographers who had you know big lenses even now i think to myself oh should i get a bigger lens and then i think wait hang on no i don't need to i love that I'm question doing it do i need a bigger one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm like and you know some people especially when i was younger um definitely scoffed mm. at the kit that i had um and the you know the amount of lenses that i had or even yeah. now i only use for 90 percent of my work two cameras two lenses and what are called prime lenses so they don't zoom so i've got a um i've got now i've got a nikon it's called a nikon z9 which is a fantastic camera thanks nikon um with a 35 mil lens on so it's roughly about your eyesight mm-hmm. um and then i've got a, a nikon um d6 with nice. what's called an 85 mil lens on so a bit more of a zoomed in lens both of them uh for photography people both in 1.4 um and that's it that's all i shoot with um really i have like a couple of lenses that i have if i need to in a moment mm. of this is the situation it's really tight you've got to have a wider lens or this is the situation we, you're definitely on a track that you can't physically get any closer to mm. you, you're going to need a bigger lens if you if you but then again i don't really get that those kind of jobs because people know my work and they hire me for, yeah. <laughs> for what i'm what i'm good at and what they're going to get if they want certain photographs of like amazing track stuff mm-hmm. they'll photograph uh, they'll use an amazing track photographer yeah um so yeah, but I have got this new lens called a, it's it's a fifty mil one point two and it goes on the Z nine camera mm-hmm. and it is beautiful, satisfying. So now that is my absolute favorite combo. But I've not dared use it enough yet because I'm, I'm I still feel too safe in my yeah. my setup that I've been do, doing for years. So no, but this new lens has absolutely changed the way that I've looked at photography again. So wow. um yeah, I'm really excited kind of to shoot more on it over yeah. over the next year I guess. So That's exciting. Yeah. So. I mean, if I was to sort of try and ask you to round this up a little bit in mm-hmm. terms of the advice you would give to, on the photography side, yep. um, you know, anybody that's either coming out of school and is thinking, you know what, I really, I really like taking photos mm-hmm. and not just on my phone, uh, on an actual camera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even to those that are maybe looking at a career change and actually have, have used it as a hobby but haven't really explored it much before, mm-hmm. what might be sort of the three key piece of advice that you would give to them oh um don't have anybody say that you're doing it wrong because absolutely the only thing i think you can truly do wrong when you do something like you know become a photographer Mm -hmm. full-time is business Mm -hmm. that you you have a product that you know is good and then if you don't run the business properly that is what will fail it's Mm -hmm. not the fact that your product will fail um you know it's I, I, that's the hardest thing I found about starting your own business is that mm-hmm. you you spend all these years knowing what you're really good at creating, mm-hmm. but how to how to manage that, sell that, sell yourself that is the re- that is the hard bit. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's one thing I'd probably say. Um, one of the hardest things I think can be to swallow, and I had to swallow it especially early in my career, was to accept that you may not be quite at the right level to mm-hmm. go freelance initially. So. When I first um, started doing pictures of, of weddings and um, certain car shoots, I got turned away from a number, of, quite a lot of people, because basically I wasn't good enough for their standard, mm-hmm. and that was definitely something to try and think. Ah, oh, that kind of sucks. I don't feel like. How do I get better? Like yeah. it was literally. How am I looking? I'm looking at my work in comparison to people who are doing it all the time, and thinking, okay, I can see that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Why? Trying to figure out how, because. Um, you know that that's one of the hardest things. You kind of look at your 
oh, you know, how do, how do I get better? That That yeah. is sometimes quite hard to try and unpick because you're having to unpick your own faults and not yeah. get put off totally by that and then think, I want to get better and move forwards with that. So mm-hmm. um, that's quite could, a skill to develop almost. Yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose it is because you've got to be, you've got to be hard on yourself, but also not so hard that you don't want to pick a camera up ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a fine yeah. line. And I've definitely not wanted to pick my camera up, you know, over my career multiple mm-hmm. times. And you see, even now, I will see photographers that I think, you are amazing. And mm-hmm. I look at my own work and I think, <laughs> why am I bothering? Yeah. And then I think, you know, no, just stick, don't, comparison is a thief of joy. Don't compare yourself yeah, to anybody yeah. else. Um, just go forwards with, and I suppose yeah. that's, yeah, another bit of advice I'd say, just absolutely do what you believe is right. Yeah. And Remember, perception is simply perception. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's individual. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's, um, that that is definitely difficult to try and do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, if you're doing something, you're like, no, I think I've, I've got something in this, I think mm-hmm. this is cool, then you run with that. Like, if especially if it's something different and unique and you think, oh, this is, like, the, the, the amount of car photographers I've seen now that are coming up who are using much older cameras and, and you know film cameras and I yeah. think that's not something I could do or would want to do but I admire that and you, you the work they're producing is beautiful yeah and um yeah and I, I just think yeah you that is your that's your little niche there mm-hmm. go with it and that's the great thing about creativity is that there's so many different ways you can have your own little niche and absolutely yeah um and it's backing yourself with that creativity as well mm, yeah absolutely. absolutely so um but, but I mean, when it comes to kind of, if you're in a, if you're thinking about career change, you've got to be, I think you've got to be working. And this is how I, I suppose I felt when I gave up shooting weddings. Mm. You've got to be working until you literally feel like you're going to have a heart attack. Like I was, it was like 20, I don't know, 2015, I think I was mm. like 2015, 2016. And I thought I'm literally going to die at 40 unless I can either manage my stress or manage my workload or yeah. a mixture of both. Um, I'm still working on the stress. Uh, yeah, the workload. <laughs> the workload. I thought I'm going to have to give up one, either cars or weddings, and mm. cars generally were a lot more fun. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't make as much money with. But you know, weddings are amazing if it's to make money with. But mm. I struggled to photograph people who, I know, it's it's difficult when when yeah, wedding photography can be difficult. I'll say that. So yeah. um yeah, no, I went into the cars and. Um, but yeah, to what having to, having to work up until you literally feel like your head's going to explode, and mm. all you want to do is cocoon for about six months. Yeah, that's probably about the right time to then try and go on your own. <laughs> so, or to there we go. you know, if if you're working full time and then you're trying to do photography in the evenings and weekends, mm. you have to be do, literally doing that until you're like, I cannot physically cannot do, take any more. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, I, again, I was also very lucky. I didn't have any kids or anything like that, so that would be another thing factor you'd have to take in it would take you longer i think because then you would, i'd probably suggest going from full-time work to seeing if you drop a day to four time, four days a week or you know just something to give you a little bit more space to be mm. able to build and gently tip the the scales into yeah. doing what you want to do um i suppose that's it i mean the overall idea is really if you if you genuinely believe and back yourself on your passion mm-hmm. hobby whatever it may be don't be afraid to go for it yeah but just think sensibly a little bit first yeah. <laughs> as well. But the w- one thing that I, I really struggle with is if people ever send me a message on like mm-hmm. Instagram and say, hey, you know, I've been doing this for years. I absolutely love it. I really want to go full time. Um, I'm just struggling a bit. Could mm-hmm. you have a look at, you know, my work? And I'll look at the work and I think, oh, it, it, there's great bones there, but it's not it's not quite the level that you'll be hired against other photographers at the minute. So, mm-hmm. and that's hard, that is hard to say, 
you need to you know you need to improve a bit before you can do this and that is yeah. that's hard and um it's hard to hear it it's hard to say it so mm-hmm. that i think if you're really truly honest with yourself and you look at your work and you think oh you know send your work to people who can tell you and like mm-hmm. magazines and it just basically say look am I, would you hire me if you wouldn't why not and then that gives you an idea and if you think to yeah. yourself okay like um for, uh, for example say i wanted to become a singer mm-hmm. i love singing i sing on my own in the car i'm I not will wait for said rendition <laughs> <laughs> i'm not very good at it so you close out this yes this episode. <laughs> however i enjoy it so i'm gonna yeah. do it anyway i don't feel the need I, you know it'd be great to do it full time you know i couldn't do it full time but you know but what i'm saying is that if you think to yourself okay I would love to do this full time, but I know that my skills aren't there yet. I don't know if they ever will get there or, mm. you know, they, they may do, but they're not there yet. Enjoy it for what it is, because there's still a reason that you love doing that thing, whether it's mm. photography, painting, singing, whatever it is. You definitely still continue doing it, even if you don't want to do it or can't do it as a, a full time job, because you will still have joy out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, a bit of a rambling advice of that. <laughs> so. But it makes perfect sense. And that's the thing. Follow your instinct. Follow your gut. Be a little bit sensible with it. But ultimately, life is short. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. We all probably know by now. My word, the amount, you know, if, if I meet somebody and they say, oh, you know, I'm doing my job. It's, I've been doing it for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it pays the bills. Okay, if that is how you want to live, cool. Mm-hmm. That's not how I would want to live. Like, I would rather earn less money being mm-hmm. in a smaller house and but have so much more joy mm-hmm. than do something every single day that I truly didn't enjoy yeah it's I understand that it's you know even even especially now I've been doing the job for now for nearly 10 years there's definitely days now more days where I think I can't really be bothered to do this mm-hmm. but I still think I still enjoy it <laughs> so, yeah. yeah um yeah it's rather than every day being oh my god this is exciting it's new and I really want to do it um, yeah. Yeah. It's. It, but if you actively dislike your job, why are you there? And you could do anything, yeah. anything else, and That's be it. happier. As you said, life is short. We don't yeah. know how long we're here for. Yeah. Why spend it miserable exactly. if you have the ability to make action and change? Yeah. And ultimately, it's gonna feel really blooming scary. Yeah. Let's say. And there's always gonna be that fear. There's always gonna be the the need to want to back out of everything that's yep. human nature though that's and i mentioned this before but it that's the chimp side of the brain going <gasps> yeah. fight or flight run <laughs> exactly <laughs> but don't listen yeah you know it's um i suppose that's it just if you if you feel that passion enough explore it yeah for sure and baby steps there might be or there might be a certain point in your life um where suddenly you think if i don't do this now i'm mm. never gonna do it yeah. and if you think, okay, I've got some safety nets put in mm. place, I'll give this a go. That yeah. is way better than never giving it a go. Absolutely. Like, yeah. When when my other half, Will and I, William and I, started this workshop, mm-hmm. it was the... It, it, when people talk about sleepless nights and stress, mm. you think you won't get it until you're there. And then you're like, oh, my word. I've never experienced stress like it. Mm. And... Um, but it was one of those points where we said, right, if we do not do this now, literally now, when yeah. this opportunity has arisen, 
we are never ever going to do this because we'll settle into you know comfortable jobs and or he would settle into a comfortable job we'd, we'd get a house that you know we had to have those jobs to support and we'd have children that we have to stick it you know we've got to look after them yeah and if we with this point in our lives where we thought well, if we don't do this right now we are, we're literally never going to do it and i'm so glad that we've done it even though yeah. we are still very very stressed most of the time yeah it's edging just edging downwards of stress now as things seem to settle in so yeah, um transitioning yeah. into good stress yeah line. exactly <laughs> i think that's probably mm. one of the hardest things to try and look at your own life and think whether this idea that you would love to do mm. would work or wouldn't work could work might not work and trying to f- unpick that yeah it's very easy just to go oh i'm just gonna bury my head in the sand and then not think about any of it mm-hmm. but to actually think okay could this work realistically truly figuring it out yeah and if there's a problem, how would you get around that problem? Okay, w- w- would that work? And it, just trying to unpick those things rather than deciding a, no, this wouldn't work. Yeah. That is difficult, but it is worth it. Uh, absolutely. Um, That's it. Yeah. And if it makes sense to you, yeah, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it, like we said at the very start, it may fail. Normally, at the very start of a lot of big projects, things do fail. It's yeah. normal. It's a process. But I've, I've got a friend of mine who um, has been doing a job, um, quite a niche job, mm. and basically he's realised that he can create a better product than the product he was selling at the time. Yeah. So he's now decided to go on his own. He is married. He's got a newborn baby and a, and a toddler, mm-hmm. and, he's, and he is the breadwinner of the family. And he's yeah. like, right, I'm going to go and take out a loan because I think I can do this, and we're going to run with it. Wow. And he, I know he's so scared funnily enough he's the first person I ever I met him because I photographed him he was a a, a, one of the cars that I photographed Mm -hmm. and we've been great mates ever since and I know that he I know what he's going through at the minute and absolutely admire that because he's thought even though I've got this you know wife kids you're just thinking okay if it didn't work I could get a job somewhere else and I would pay back that loan over x amount of years we've got a house we can afford fairly comfortably or, you know, we're renting a house that we can end up um, downsizing if we needed to. Mm. That It's the finances which are scary. Yeah. Um, but, again, the people, more people don't do it than do. And yeah. so you... And also, the people who say... Who, oh, this is what's funny. The people who would say you can't do it have never done it. The people who yes. have done it say give it a go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Exactly that. I think that's... I almost want you to say it again. <laughs> the people who say you can't do it have never done it. And Thank you. Yeah, the, because, you know... The, the, it's so true. It's the fear that other people have thinking, oh, well, I couldn't do it, so yeah, you're going to fail. Yeah. Well, try it. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, again, it, it's perception, and every person's different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every person, person does things differently. Yeah. And I think it's just bringing yourself into that reality, isn't it, and reminding yourself of actually... Hold on a minute. <laughs> I am not them. They are not me. Yep. You know, I am me. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. And every person's, yeah. every situation is very different from yeah. everybody. And I do think you've got to be have a realism of, of at some point you think, okay, if this goes wrong, at what mm. point am I going to tap out? And what am I, what, you know, what, what am I going to do at that point? Yeah. And have a plan. Always have a plan. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm a planner. So maybe don't always have a plan. I like yeah. to ha- always have a plan. Um, have a plan. Have a bluff. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and if you have a bluff, you'll be fine because yeah, yeah you, you, it gives you the confidence to try. It really does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's I've, I've often your again Amazing. another tangent of advice. You know I enjoyed our tangent again. It's fine. And I suppose just to almost summarize a little bit of what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have talked about the workshop with Will. 
tell our listeners a little bit more there? Yeah. How's it going? It's going well. Good. So that was, uh, after being self-employed for at that point eight and a half years mm-hmm. I thought okay I know how a base a very basic business works mm-hmm. I imagine it's kind of the same as that just on a bit of a bigger scale and to be honest it is it is like that but then you have other things come in that you've never had before for mm-hmm. example staff I've never had staff before now we have staff and yeah. that is a whole a whole new like world because suddenly yeah. you care about these people for most people you, you care about them because obviously they are there to make the business work yeah. but then you know you learn about them they could be they become they do become your friends even when you try not to but if you're in a small business and you're working with seven people every yeah. single day suddenly those people you talk to about their you know their cats their families their wives their kids mm-hmm. and that becomes the thing that you like you care about them Absolutely. so if they come to you one day and they say i'm not happy and that is a oh my goodness you, it, it breaks your heart and you think i'm just i'm so sorry tell me why how can we get better yeah so especially being a new company we've had that a couple of times but it has also pushed us abruptly into better situations and mm-hmm. so we've also needed that as well so yeah that's been a really that's been more probably one of the hardest things about the the workshop is managing people yeah. and trying to make sure they're happy as well. Um, that's not something I suppose people think about initially if they're starting a business and how that mm. might grow. It's not necessarily what springs to mind first. Yeah, cause you, you kind of just think about the as, as we did. You, you think, okay, get the product right, get the customers, mm. and then you get the you know the the, the man woman power to be able to do that. Yeah, you don't you, you kind of you do forget. You just it's very egotistic, I suppose, when you first start because you're so caught up in your own stress and mm. you think okay we've sunk a lot of money into this place already uh, are we get- i remember will and i sitting at our kitchen table basically being like right we've got a unit and we have no staff we have no customers mm-hmm. we have no cars what do we do now and um obviously we had a, we had an idea we of like yeah. okay we'll ring the people we have they are our, our plan to, to go and try, like talk to yeah we'll talk about it on instagram and try and get people and i you know it is ended up in, it's ended up going so well over the last year in terms of getting clients in and Will's absolutely he's he's magic at that he's, he's so good at it because mm-hmm. again he's a chatter he'll talk he'll, he he found one of our best clients in a field who basically had I love that <laughs> yeah, just because he started chatting to them back to this onion field yeah. <laughs> and you know it's it is things like that so um yeah that has been um we're not we're definitely. I don't think we'll be out of the woods for such a big company. I don't think we'll be out of the woods. And for we, we always said to ourselves, we're going to struggle for three years. We'll be okay for five, and we'll be happy in ten. And so we know okay. it's not going to be an easy. We, we went in that into that at the beginning. So if first our first goal, I suppose, is to get through three years mm-hmm. of being like, okay, we're okay. And so after the first year, one year in, we've had some definite dips. And then we're like, okay, this is looking okay now. <laughs> so yeah. you, we're, we're, we're figuring things out. We've got things going a lot better. Um, but again, especially in something where to start a restoration company and we're, we're young to do it. So, mm. I mean, I'm 30, 31, and then Will is 29 at the minute. He, yeah. was, tw- he was 28 when, when we started and I was, yeah, 30, 30. Um, and... You know, you're looking at people in the industry who are, f- I don't know, 30, 40 years older than you who mm. have taken the, the company on from their dad or 
uh, you just think, okay, you've got these people being like, <laughs> good luck kind of thing. And yeah. you think, okay, right. Well, There's something else to fight in your brain almost of that. Yeah. But I have to say, judgment. a lot of people were really encouraging, actually. They were like, this is amazing. You go for it. And mm-hmm. that was really nice to hear. Definitely. Um, and so, yeah, it's... Um, it's it, again it goes back to comparison as the thief of joy and mm-hmm. like will will say to me sometimes you'll get really annoyed and be like we're not we're you know we're not at the level that i want to be at and mm-hmm. i'm like will you're comparing us you know you can't compare your start to somebody else's middle because yeah. i was like these people have got 30 40 years on us they know how it all works we are still figuring it out to so give yourself some time like, yeah and so yeah that's um but at the same time working as a as a as a couple as well towards something mm-hmm. has definitely brought its ups and downs. Um, but also you, you, it's you're, impressive. Each, <laughs> you're, you're, impressive. you are each other's <laughs> biggest support. I suppose. Yeah. So that definitely helps, but yeah, no, it definitely caused a strain on, on me and Will. Um, when we, when we, Will and I, when we, uh, started the business, um, again, stress, stress can be absolutely crazy to you. And yeah. yeah, it'll challenge you in more ways than you ever thought, ever thought. Um, yeah. But no, we help that by getting a dog. Yeah, <laughs> forces, forces us to go <laughs> Who outside. Is adorable, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely adorable. She is. So um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Every, every time I think about the workshop, I, I panic. So like, not panic, but like it stress. Not stress. Oh, it just stress me out. It does. Yeah. Only because it's still so new, and I just want to make sure it's okay. But I've had to step back from that a bit because it was got to a point I couldn't physically manage mm-hmm. the photography, the workshop, the housework because Will was working twelve hour days, six yeah. days a week. Um, and so, yeah, I took a step back from that and I was like, I need to, I can't, I physically can't anymore. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you are only human. Yes. I mean, that's fair <laughs> to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then that was actually the point where I ended up dropping back from the Driven Chat podcast as well mm. because I was I was phys- physically could not do anymore. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so now to be able to kind of come back and do the pods that I'd like to be able to do and yeah. um, do the shoots that I can do rather than having to do every shoot that comes along because we're living on my wage at that point mm-hmm. um yeah things are settling down a bit so good yeah hopefully <laughs> we'll be hearing more from amy sure <laughs> <laughs> no pressure and do you know what i think that all of that is so inspiring though because it just shows you what you can accomplish even with fear with you know knowing that there is unknown yeah it's amazing what you've done absolutely yeah. amazing and you know as an onlooker of the workshop your photography your travels everything else and it's easier to say on the outside because you're thinking oh my god it looks amazing they're doing great <laughs> everybody only ever shows the best parts of their yeah. life absolutely because also like i'm never going to show on instagram the absolute crap pictures that i do take still like it isn't i'm not going to show anybody that so but again you're human yeah and this is the thing is even in your your passions and your job and things that you're absolutely experienced with you're only him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I definitely still come back from some shoots the other week. <laughs> I just have one of those days where I, I think, it's, it's just, you know, I'm not going to show the days that I sob. I'm not much of a crier anymore. But, like, I've, the other week I came back from a shoot and it was fine. But I thought oh, I could have done better on it or whatever. And then I just you know, I broke a plate or just things, you know, where lots yeah. of little tiny things had gone wrong. I got a phone call mm-hmm. with some bad news. And 
And then like Will came home from work and had my camera. He went and moved my camera to the side. And I was like, D- I've had one of those days where things have just gone wrong. Can I just move that? And I said, move that somewhere safe. Anyway, and then he, I was, he was like, do you want some wine, darling? I said, yes, I do. <laughs> and before we sat down, I was like, oh, okay, it's just been one of those days. I went to go and pour him some wine and I smashed oh. the glass. <laughs> and I just was like, oh. and then I just cried. I said, this is what I mean. And so, oh, but I'm not, you know, on social media, we don't show those, those days. We no. all have them, but we do not show them. So absolutely do not compare anything that you ever see on social media to anybody um because also if we talk about the bad days that we have people can be like oh you're a bit moaning on instagram whatever and i think you know what i'm not bothered what you exactly yeah it's a very still a very tailored output that Mm -hmm. people see and yeah yeah i think it's worth remembering whilst social media has created many a new job and opportunity and it is great for a lot of things it's also not necessarily real all the time and it can become toxic to an extent where we forget that mm-hmm. almost. And we forget people are people. Yeah. <laughs> people have emotions. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's so easy to forget that reality again. Mm. And I know I'm, you know, don't want to tell Granny how to suck eggs type <laughs> thing right now. But it's just that re- those reminders, isn't it, of mm-hmm. you are human. Things are hard. Life is hard. <laughs> but you can do it. Yes. You can absolutely do it. Yeah. And again, it's the way that life will change as well. So I think also Mm -hmm. being aware of how your future may change. So, for example, I know that at some point I will probably try and I have to slow down if I want to have a family. Mm -hmm. And there will be a point where I will not be able to go and work and or I'll have to be at home with child, children, child, whatever. Um, And I will look at my peers in the automotive photography world or photographers in general and I'll think, man I miss that or Mm. I wish I was doing that or why am I not being phoned for for those jobs whatever and it can be real um it will it will be a change of life Mm -hmm. and and I have to remind myself I'm like well it's not gonna be forever it's gonna be for you know while I get used to being a mum at some point or um you know that might not even happen so I might be worrying over something that I can't you know I might not be able to have kids I don't know so I might be worrying over something that's, that's that's never going to be a problem um but to just try and think to yourself let's just step back from what I'm so caught up in myself mm-hmm. and just look at as you said the, the the bigger picture and think this is this this bad day is not a bad life or the choices I've made I've made for good reasons and these are the reasons or if I have the ability to change these choices then I can do if I want to or yeah, yeah it's yeah, you 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 can you can keep you, you can get caught caught up in yourself very mm-hmm. very quickly. And the ability to pause, take a breath, step back, and be like, "Hang on a minute, yeah, what am I doing?" Yeah. <laughs> I've said this before. I'll say it again. Control the controllables. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. If you can't control it, don't worry about it. Exactly. And if you can have a glass of wine, go and get that glass of wine. Yes, within moderation, of course. <laughs> yes, I'm not condoning <laughs> drinking or anything. But if you want to, you can. It's Christmas, though. We can. Exactly. <laughs> Cue the Baileys. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But exactly that. Day by day, have a pl. Not a plan, <laughs> a pl. And, yeah, essentially just... You've got pressures on you anyway. So yeah. why put more on yourself? There was a really... I, I love an, a, an author called Mark Manson. And he did a book called... You're going to have to beep this bit. He, he did a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a f- Yes, I'm very so. familiar with these books. <laughs> an, an amazing book and a really interesting way of thinking about happiness especially. Yeah. And one thing he talks about is that if you ever strive to be happy in life, mm-hmm. you are never going to get there. Happiness 
is so temporary. Mm-hmm. And basically, the idea is in life is to suffer or pick your suffering. That is what they say. So, yeah. for example, say you want to have, as I like, I would love to have a really fit body. I'm like, you know, what? I'd love that. I've got a rolly tummy and wobbly legs. And I think to myself, okay, maybe if I work harder and eat less and exercise more, I'll be able to get there. But that is a suffering I'll have to do. I'll have to suffer to say no to wine. Mm-hmm. I have to suffer to get up at six in the morning to go to the gym. And so you think to yourself, okay, do I want to have that suffering? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to have the suffering of looking in the mirror and being like, oh, I'm a bit wobbly. So I've chosen that one. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine to suffer Choose with looking a bit wobbly. So, And that's a suffering I'm happy to have. So there we are, I'm talking about happiness. Um, you're, the idea of, yeah, you have to pick your suffering. So mm-hmm. if you think to yourself, okay, what will I suffer less with? Mm-hmm. Then that is the happiness yeah. more than anything. Your actual happiness joy is only ever temporary and mm-hmm. that is okay. But also your sadness is also only ever temporary. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that, that just changed the way I thought about everything really. I was like, that's, that's the suffering that I pick and I'm yeah. content with that. And I think mainly t- trying to be content in, li- in life is far more beneficial than trying to be happy. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. And again, it's, it's, that extra pressure that is unnecessary. You know, you can mm. be happy just by going with the flow a little bit <laughs> yeah. sometimes and doing things step by step, day by day. Yep, and learning what to actually give two hoots about and what yeah. not to give two hoots about. Exactly. Um, yeah, there's certain things in my life I've thought as well, like I'm going to lower my expectations mm. on either myself, on other people, um, and that has made me happier as well. By having expectations too high, mm. that can bring disappointment and sadness um and i think okay that's a me problem my expectations are too high it's not their fault that they've not hit my or this scenario hasn't hit my expectations Mm. my expectations are too high on either myself or on something else therefore it's a me problem and i will lower my expectations because Mm. i can i have control over that Mm. um and as long as they are yeah as long as your expectations are still within your values and your morals and Mm you're like, I oh, know this is this is something I, I will fight for, then yeah, that's fine. But often yeah. I think they can be high and you have to remind yourself actually, why? Yeah. <laughs> so. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I 100% agree with that. But equally, I would say I'm almost, I go into everything without expectation at all. Yeah. <laughs> so they're exactly the same as me. You go into it, no expectations, everything else is a bonus. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. therefore happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just think, okay, cool. This is that's exactly it. So yeah, when I first started, as I said earlier in the, the talk, my my um, career as a photographer, mm-hmm. I had no expectations. I thought, huh, if I can take some pictures and you know I can get six months in, cool. But there was no expectations, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, every, everything that was good was the best thing I'd ever had. Yeah. So the first time I got on an airplane to fly to a job, I was like. <gasps> I'm an international photographer. Love it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and that's all I thought was, ah, oh, that's just one, one, inter- one international, international, uh, it was Denmark. So it's like, still shoot. not the UK. <laughs> exactly, that's what I thought. <laughs> and I thought, huh, cool, I've ticked that off. Yeah. I mean, now I travel so much, that, or used to, before COVID, traveled so much that I'm now wanting to step back a bit. But it was definitely something that was like, okay, I'm really pleased I've, I've done that. So yeah. yeah changing Absolutely. your expectations of where you want to be and also again like what i said to will about the the workshop 
that your expectations on yourself are too mm-hmm. high for where you are. You need to lower your expectations and do the best that you can, mm-hmm. that you feel you can output a product that you are happy with, and then work on the other. It was mainly business structure that we, yeah. you know, we've been the least. The products have always been fantastic. It's just the business structure that we've always had to work on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I just say, well, you've got to lower expect- your expectations and do it baby steps. Yeah, so that's it. Drop yeah. the expectation because it's societal yeah. expectation almost, isn't it? Absolutely. Of, but they've done it. We need to do that. Yeah. We need to be there. And it's again, every person is different. Every situation is different. Every scenario is different. You will never know the full ins and outs of how somebody has got somewhere. You I mean, they they might not even realise like, okay, so um, you know, say family money has come into somewhere and you think, mm. oh, they've they've managed to get that because they've had family money. And they, but you have no idea. You might think to yourself, actually, no, they've had to lose, a, you know, a parent to be able to get that. And okay, mm-hmm. so do you want that suffering? Do you want to lose your a parent to be able to have that happiness of that business because or that financial start? Yeah. No, my suffering will be to not have the financial start and to to have to really scrape to try and get this going. But mm. keep a parent, you know. That sounds yeah. a bit morbid and a bit... De- but you, you don't know But it's what- situational, yeah. isn't it? This is it. So you cannot compare your situation to anybody else's situation. And flipping it around, if you think, oh, I found this easy, mm. you cannot expect that everybody else will find it just as easy as you. And I've always thought this about the whole like weight loss thing. Like, just because somebody says to you, oh, you just need to eat less and move more. Mm. It's like, okay, well, try living, you know, a day in my shoes and see if you still feel like you can do that. Mm. And, um, you know... Uh, my life is I'm very content with my life I've definitely got it I'm very very lucky but um yeah to to, okay for example like stress like I I have happiness in Mm -hmm. wine and in food and in comfort yes and that is something I'm content (laughs) with so if I didn't have that my personally I would struggle I would struggle Mm -hmm. a lot I'm a comfort eater and I'm fine with that I've come to accept that but that's the thing you do you, you know you, yes. and you have that self-awareness of, no, I know what makes me happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> therefore, so therefore, listen to your own happiness, or yeah. you know, your own um, suffering, and figure out what makes you content. What you, I think understanding yourself yeah. is probably the, the most important thing you could possibly do, and mm. so many people go through life not understanding exactly yeah. who they are, why they feel the way that they do. Mm why they act on those feelings the way that they do they just do and they just think well you know i feel this way and i'm acting this way because of this and mm-hmm. you're like well hang on a minute that's a you problem that's mm-hmm. the uh, anyway yeah um, mark manson i think is a fantastic author he will tell you loads about it <laughs> so. i'd back that <laughs> absolutely look at his books. yes and even uh, i'm going to throw it out there vex king oh i'm not knowing vex it's king. controversial it's okay. a little bit it's not a book book yep <laughs> that makes sense okay. amber talk now but it's one of those that actually is quite frank talking and it is kind of what we're talking about now mm-hmm. in it just sometimes reading a page a day can actually help from that book so i would yeah. recommend those as well because you can carry it around in your handbag oh nice so, cool um if you're looking at that kind of book and you just want a little pick me up every mm-hmm. now and again or a little giggle even because it does make you laugh a little bit yep. You know, even Instagram itself, following the right kind of people on Mm. Instagram that will make you feel better rather than make you feel worse. Like I used to think I could hate myself into being thin and Mm. I would follow all these people that were super fit. And I'd be like, right, if I can look like that, my thin spiration, you'd have it. And I I thought that would make me the shape that I wanted to be. And it wasn't until I started learning more about why I thought these ways and went to therapy and Mm -hmm. read these books and thought, oh, hang on, 
I don't need to do any of that and I can just change the way that I think about me mm-hmm. and then you think oh I'll start unfollowing those people and following people who talk about body positivity or not even yeah. bo- not even body love but body neutral like just being content yeah. and the same with the the kind of the way you think as well so mm-hmm. instead of you know following people who give make you feel like you're not good enough mm-hmm. if you start following people that you're like okay you're also just wanting to curl up onto the sofa with with a duvet for the day and you're mm-hmm. talking about it and that makes me feel better. As you said, there's sometimes there are little funny pick-me-up yeah. quotes. and Those um, little chats, they help. <laughs> yes. Like, I follow something called Introvert Struggles and mm-hmm. it's it's hilarious because it's me. And so even though I feel like a crap friend sometimes if I don't talk to my friends because I'm struggling from an introvert, extrovert type of way, mm-hmm. you you know, you, you, you're suddenly connected with all these other people that feel the exact same as you and you're like, oh, I'm yeah. okay, it's okay to feel yeah. like like this literally <laughs> those little those little things yeah if you can find them i'm similar to you introvert quirks so. yeah oh is that one right, you yeah, yeah. right okay, i'll follow that one <laughs> it's good, it's good. yeah but this is the thing you know you, you look for the things that ultimately make you happy and the, i suppose this brings it full circle a little bit as mm-hmm. well you look for the things you find the things that make you happy you follow them no it's not gonna be linear no it's not always gonna be that easy but day by day mm-hmm yeah. If we would summarize. <laughs> totally, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, bring again, as we said, bring it right round with the whole happiness suffering. If you do want to start your own career in your passion, mm-hmm. you've got to think, okay, how do I want to suffer? Do I want to suffer from all of those difficulties of financial worries and uh, you know the, the the long days and nights and mm-hmm. the hard work? Do I want that suffering to be able to, in the end, have the the contentment or the happiness that I want doing the career that I love mm. or do you want to suffer in the nine to five that you're currently in that you you have a, if, if you if yeah. people say I don't have a choice or oh, you do have a choice There's you need you pick choice. your suffering mm-hmm. and so just yeah it's it's up to you absolutely <laughs> oh I love our chats yeah <laughs> I've not felt like we recorded this at all I feel like I've just been chatting to you <laughs> oh good to be honest same I actually kind of forgot that we were recording <laughs> hello listener <laughs> Thanks for listening. And I suppose just to round it off as well, we hopefully will be hearing from yourself very soon on various different podcasts in the new year in 2023. Woohoo! Scary. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Um, and also, I suppose just to, if anybody's listening and actually thought, oh, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to go back catalogue. I'm going to have a look through and see what Amy's done and actually have a have a look at her work, have a look at the workshop, etc. Where's the best places people can go? Probably Instagram. Mm-hmm. I've tried doing TikTok, but it's too hip and for the kids and it's nothing to do with photographs. It's all videos, so I'm not very good at it. It's so. hard. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> so no, Instagram and I'm literally Amy Shaw Photography. Um, and then if you want to look at the workshop, it's uh, William.Haynes, H-E-Y-N-E-S. So you can find that in my own um, my own bio. So uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a good catalogue of what I've been doing for the last I don't know nine years. <laughs> so. Exactly, and one of the original voices of Driven Chat. Yes, which we haven't actually covered off that much. No. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's funny. Driven Chat was one of those things that came to me as an opportunity, and I was like, I've never done any form of podcasting, presenting. I don't even know if I'd be any good at it, but I'll give it a go. And just and here you are. Yeah, and what's but also I know my own limitations. I know that. I'm, for example, not like John Marker. He is a born presenter. He's fantastic. Mm. I'm a chatter, but I'm ne- I know I'm never going to be the front of the band. I'm never going to be the lead singer because that's just not who I am. And so I'm okay. I'm content with my limitations. Mm. And um, yeah, so I get to come on the Driven Chat podcast, chat to people, 
John gets to take the actual reins of doing the grown-up stuff. I just get to have a chat and then leave again. <laughs> so, it's great. <laughs> I am content with being the, the, the co-host rather than the, the lead host. I'm very happy with that. So, mm. yeah, just also being, um, yeah, again, I've got my expectations, I think, in that side, quite happily at point, on point. <laughs> so, I love it. But let's face it, we all love listening, listening to you rather <laughs> Well, it was funny. The other day, um, yesterday, Will and I were in, on a very, very long car journey. Mm-hmm. We both were listening. And it's it's only because he started it. It's not, I didn't put it on. We're yeah. listening to the the last Driven Chat podcast that yeah. John and I did just together. And I said to Will, up until the, that point I joined in, I was like, oh, are you enjoying the podcast so far? I said, yeah, yeah, it's quite funny. And then when I, I realised, he was only ever laughing at John's jokes. So oh. <laughs> that was like, oh, no, it's just a little bit of kicking the shin. <laughs> it was, but at the same time, I thought, no, that's that's fair. John's funnier than me, and I will definitely accept that. So, no, you are funny. <laughs> you are. Funny looking. William, cheers. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so, no, I love being oh, I on the Chat Podcast. So, yeah, thank you so much for, for chatting with me. No, thank you for chatting with me and entertaining all the tangents. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm very pleased. No, that is Amy Shaw. Thank you, The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.